0: And welcome to episode number 60 of the Lace Them Up Podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: I'm Brett Dubuff.
0: It's a historic podcast because episode 60 and um, <laughs> well, uh, hopefully it could be an historic all-star game in 2017 if last year was any indication. This year, hopefully better. Uh, but of course, like any other all-star game, there were some snubs. We'll discuss who should play for each team, who is on each team, and who we think will win. Um, In Are They For Real, we're going to talk about uh, two teams um, that a lot of people thought might be on the outside looking in at the start of the year, um, but technically still in the playoff race. Uh, as always, we'll talk about the poll of the week, and uh, Ovechkin got his 1,000th career NHL point, and Steve Yzerman really wants help on defense, uh, and... Probably the most important rapid-fire topic we're going to talk about this week. Uh, Something to do with the NHL's top 100 list. You're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. Apparently, I hear six of the players that are slated to play in this year's game are going to be on that top 100. So me and Brett are going to debate who those mysterious six players might be. Uh, First off, quick shout-outs to all the players past and present who have worn number 60, it's a short list uh, compared to some of the other numbers, but Jose Theodore is the most notable. Um, 2009 2010, Mikhail Backlund, war number 60 with the Calgary Flames. From 2010 to 2012, Jason Demers, war number 60 with the San Jose Sharks. Mark Stone, believe it or not, war number 60 with the Sens in 2012. Uh, from 2008 to 2010, Vladimir Sabatka, as a member of the Bruins, war number 60. For one year, Paul Gostad wore number 60 with Buffalo. That was back in 2003. And Marcus Granlund, throughout the course of his, uh, at, to this point, short NHL career, he's mm-hmm. worn number 60 as well. So to all of them, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve.
1: Actually, those are a lot of, like, recent players. I was kind of surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, you talk about, like, some past players before. but
0: Yeah. Um, pretty current.
1: Pretty current, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, uh, I think we teased this last week is when we were talking about the All-Star Captains. And so uh, this week, they announced the uh, All-Star roster for each uh, team. It's going to be the same thing, three-on-three format. The Atlantic plays the Metropolitan first, and then the Central plays the Pacific uh, uh, next for 20 minutes. And then for the third period, um, we have uh, the winners of those two games. Um, but uh, So we're just going to go through each team... Um, I'll just announce who uh, got in for each, uh, each team, um, and then we'll talk about the snubs, um, who we're happy for as well. So, um, Or big surprises. Um, all right, so we're going to start with the Atlantic Division. We're going to start with the Eastern Conference, basically. Um, fo- uh, forwards for the Atlantic Division, uh, Nikita Kucherov, Brad Marchand, Austin Matthews, Franz Nielsen, uh, Kyle Okposo, Vincent Trocheck, on defense. There's Victor Hedman, Eric Carlson, Shea Weber. Then for goalies, it's Carey Price and Tuukka Rask. Um, yeah, I, there's not too many surprises when you read it like this, especially on defense or goalie, because I'm like Carey Price and Tuukka are kind of like the two best goalies in that division, I would say, other than, I guess, well, Bishop's injured. Um, yeah. And, like, you, don't, you can't really get any better than Hedman, Carlson, and Weber on defense. However, on forwards, um, it's a little shocking, um, mostly because, like, Franz Nielsen um, is a little bit of a head-scratcher there. Kudrov, Marshawn, and Matthews make sense. Yeah, um,
0: those those three are fine. They deserve their spot. Yeah, and I guess it
1: makes sense too, considering that you have to have a representative for Detroit, Buffalo, and Florida. Um, hence, why you get
0: so many noble players. You're like, so why did snubs. they get on this?
1: Yeah, team? and so many snubs too, because you could have made a case for um, Pasternak or um, Mark Stone um, or um, yeah, or you know, Tur- Kyle Turris even. Um or patches. Patch- Max Reddy isn't on this Patch-Ready. list, and, and yeah. Max
0: Patch-Ready is the real is the real victim Raduloff. of it, this well, Like I understand, I understand
1: the rule, yeah. but
0: in certain circumstances, it's just plain stupid. I mean, yeah, if if it was up between, if it was, if you take away that rule, I think you sub in patches for Nielsen, hands down.
1: Yep, and Alex Stradylov as well. I forgot about him. But like, even, like, the, uh, the the representatives for, like, Detroit or Buffalo, you could have – I feel like you could have had a better option for that. Like, why not Vanek or Sederberg instead of Franz Nielsen? Or Ryan who's been playing Or on Manta, point, yeah. Like, or why not um, Ryan O'Reilly um, instead of Kyle O'Poso? Or um, Rista Lyon has been good, I guess, but, like, you can't really replace any of those guys on D. Um, yeah.
0: Ristolainen, yeah, like Car- Carlson, Hedman, and and Weber, they've easily been the the top three defense, and those are the guys you want. Yeah, like yeah. Ristolainen's up there someday, but they he, I yeah, believe you can only bring three, so he's yeah. the odd man out. I believe
1: he's like in the top ten in like a s- points for defenseman too, but Pretty like, sure he's
0: up there in ice time as well.
1: Yeah, but I guess yeah, I mean, it, but you can't really. It's like hard to argue with. Carlson, Hedman, and yeah. Weber, because I think they're even ahead of him. So um, you, also look him. At
0: the, you also look at guys like Vincent Trocheck. Like, Vincent yeah. Trocek, he's got 29 points so far this year. Like, he, he's earned his spot on the All-Star game, but he's not necessarily the biggest draw. Right. Either.
1: Yeah, Yager I mean, would be the biggest Yager draw. Yager
0: and Barkov, all the
1: guys, Vincent Trocek, I would, and... I, would am, I would actually gather that Yager asked not to play in these games. In this yeah. thing, just because he, uh, you know, he's old. Well, you got enough of Yager last yeah, year with no, the three got, on three. Yeah. yeah, I would, I would gather that was what happened. But um, you know, maybe. But I was just looking like who else would go other in for Florida because they're not having a great year. Um, mm-hmm. Vincent Trocheck is leading their team in points, so yeah. um, it kind of makes sense that he's there. Jonathan March maybe, but. Um, that'd be kind of a weird choice as well. Yeah, Barkov's injured, so I don't know. And Urdal's been hurt all year too, so yeah. And like, I guess you could have put in Luongo, but he's not having as good of a as good of a year as like Rask or Prices. So
0: Frederick Anderson is having a better year than Luongo is, and he's not on the team. So why would you put Luongo in? year?
1: That's a good point, too. I guess you could have made a case for Anderson as well. I think it would be a a stronger case for
0: Anderson if it wasn't for that slow start. I think that kind of hurt him in the end. True,
1: true. But Tuca Rask has been pretty good, too. So, Um, I I was kind of disappointed that Pasternak didn't get in. But, considering Brad Marchand and Tuca are in, I can't really complain. Um, I I do think, though, that Montreal fans do have a right to complain. Because Patches should probably get in. Yeah, um, but I mean that's what happens with the this kind of format. Like, there's going to be a lot of snubs. Um, yeah. Let's go to the Metropolitan. Uh, speaking of snubs, um, yeah. <laughs> all right, for, for forwards, we're uh, going with Sidney Crosby, Taylor Hall, Evgeny Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, Wayne Simmons, John Tavares. That's like a crew there. That's a lot of uh, top number one pick, overall picks, Um, Ovechkin and Crosby finally on the same team, with Tavares as well, That's going to be a, I look forward to that if they somehow do like a Crosby-Ovechkin-Tavares line, but I don't think that's going to happen, Um, then we have on D, Justin Falk, Seth Jones, Ryan McDonough on D, I guess that could have been better, but whatever, um, and then for goalies, Sergey Bobrovsky and Braden Holtby. Um, I think the big snub here is, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brand, not Braden Cam Atkinson. Yeah. Um, pretty much anyone on CBJ for the forward list. Uh, Sam Gagne has had a good year, Ooh. although he's been uh, bad lately. Um, as well as Alexander Wenberg. Um or uh, Brandon sod as I almost mentioned. Um, and then, but I guess it makes sense considering like Crosby, Malkin. It's tough to leave those guys out. Yeah, know you can't him. leave those guys yeah. out. Even though Taveras,
0: his team has been doing terrible. Yeah. He's been their best player, and he's still an all-star talent. He's got five goals over his last two games, so he's starting yeah. to heat up.
1: I would and, make, and, and,
0: and Simmons has been, over the last couple of years, one of the yeah. Flyers' consistent goal scorers, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put Atkinson over him either. It's, it's again, true. the at least one representative per team rule that burned him. Yeah. And if it was my choice, Taylor Hall wouldn't be on this list, and Kim Atkinson would. But it's the way yeah. she goes.
1: Uh, although I will say this about Wayne Simmons, is that, yeah, he is having a good year, but Voracek and Claude Giroux are having a better year than him.
0: Yeah, so and they're, and that, they're not... They're not on this list too, and I think it's 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 kind of similar reason as to why Phil Kessel is not on this team because you have Crosby and Malkin already.
1: Well, I mean, well, you only have one flyer on this list, and I feel like, but I feel like Voracek is should get to go instead of Wayne Simmons. Um, yeah, I mean, you can say the same about like pretty much anyone on Columbus. You could say it's like shouldn't get to go, but. Cam Atkinson has 41 points in 42 games right now. That's like yeah. Um he's almost a point per game player, so it's it's kind of um kind of ridiculous that he's not in there. But again, with that rule that you have to have one on each team and it just so happens that Hall Tavares and Simmons are all forwards. Um mm-hmm. so it would be tough to like say like, "Oh, okay, I guess and I guess CBJ can't really complain either, because Seth Jones, yeah, they have Seth Jones and Bobrovsky on the team, but yeah. um, I don't know. I would I would rather have Cam Atkinson than Seth Jones, maybe, but whatever. Now, um, now,
0: speaking, now speaking of Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski is not on this team. Right. Zach Wierenski has scored 16 of his 26 points on the power play. Jones has 20 points, but only 3 on the power play. I'm just curious, why Seth Jones over Zach Wierenski on defense?
1: Yeah, that is a good point. I don't know. I guess... Um, well, I was going to say because Wierenski is a rookie, but that can't be because Line A and yeah. Matthews are in. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Um, Yeah, that is a good point. And Bo Harvad... No, Harvad is a rookie.
0: I guess maybe it's all about the votes. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but... Because
0: we don't really know exactly
1: who got how many votes? Right. At I least I don't. Yeah, that might be, uh, it might be just the amount of votes, like maybe just, maybe that was it, Cam Atkinson just didn't get any vote, like as many votes as like all these other guys did, so I don't know. But
0: then, then again, like, back, uh, it's, it's probably the mixture of the votes and the representative yeah. for each team, because I, I find it a bit hard to believe, again, going back to Patch Reddy how he wouldn't have, how he'd have fewer votes than France nielsen
1: true also like i i know he's injured right now long term but like chris Latang, um yeah. probably should have been in but um but yeah then again it's like crosby malkin i guess you can't have more than three yeah, although and mcdonough's the only
0: rangers representative and he's got yeah. 27 points so it's it's not like
1: they just put him in there he's played his way on this team. true well, no, I was thinking instead of Seth Jones, you would put in Latang, but um, whatever. Uh, although, there is three Chicago Blackhawks as we go to the Central Division. Yep. Um, we're going to go by forwards. Uh, Patrick Kane, Patrick Laine, uh Nathan McKinnon, Tyler Sagan, Vladimir Tarasenko, Jonathan Taze are, are forwards there. On defense, you have Duncan Keith, P.K. Subban, and Ryan Suter. And then on goalies, you have Corey Crawford and Devin Dubinick. Oh, so
0: you actually have four Blackhawks instead. Yeah,
1: four Blackhawks. That's that's even worse. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is Jonathan Taze is having his worst year by far. Mm -hmm. um, And he's somehow in. um, I guess maybe because of this top 100 thing he's in, but like even if you're going to go full, have four Blackhawks in, um, you know, then why not Panarin, um, instead, <laughs> Panarin instead of Taze? Um, or uh, even Anisimov as well. Um, so yeah. it's, it's just a strange choice to have Taze in. I feel like he's just in because of name yeah. recognition. Yeah. Um, other, tr- other snubs, I guess, Robbie Fabry of St. Louis. He's been having a good year. Um twenty five point twenty seven 27 points. Um, a lot of uh, Minnesota Wild, Charlie Coyle, Eric Stahl, yeah. um, Mac- Macal- Michael Granlin. Um, mm-hmm. They've all had good years. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm sure we can go down the list of all of Mark these. Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Wheeler and the,
0: the, even. The, the, Ellers. The sad, the sad thing about uh, Artemi Panarin is even if Patrick Line is hurt and he can't play, he's not getting in because you're not going to put five Blackhawks in there, are you? I mean.
1: True. True. He yeah.
0: also line 8's the only Jets representative, so if if anyone should be going into Philo's place, it's Mark Shifley.
1: Although I think he's
0: played his way on this team, I too.
1: I think they've done that before, where like if like a represent like the only representative gets injured, they pick a they
0: representative. From the yeah, same they team.
1: they don't. I don't think they do that though. They don't. They don't take the same team. Oh, play. Really? Sometimes they don't. Um, well, I
0: think if you play well enough, you should
1: be in there, and I think Mike Sh- Mark Shifley cer- certainly played yeah, well Yeah, I enough. agree. I think Shifley should be in, uh, but it, <laughs> it probably will be like Panarin. I don't know why they're going with all these Chicago players. I mean, I know they're still good, but I don't know. It's kind of crazy with Jonathan Tays when he's not even having a great year. Yeah. Um, and especially when you could, there was so many players that we just listed who are having great years, um, who should be in. Um, and
0: I'm not. And again, the one team rule. I think that's the main reason why you have Nathan McKinnon the Az in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he hasn't been crappy, but guys like Panarin and, and Coyle, Yeah. Um. You know they have they have the better point holes. but again, it's Nathan McKinnon. I mean, right. He's got all star talent.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um.
0: And you're not going to sub out Sagan and Tarasenko. Those guys have been studs this year, especially Tarasenko. Yeah. He's been top one of the top scorers in the league. Right. And you can't leave him off.
1: Yeah. I know I get I mean well, we say this about everyone so every team <laughs> so far. But yeah, no, it's it's true you can't like it's tough. But then again, you have four Chicago Blackhawks, so uh, yeah. I feel like Jonathan Tate shouldn't be on an all on the All Star team because you have Kane, you have Keith, and you have Crawford, um, which is um, which is to say, like, well, I guess you could have three on of the same team on one um, because of the Blackhawks, but I don't know why they're the exception to the rule in that case. Um, although I guess the Sh- I am just looking here, the Sharks do have three players. So I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. I don't know. It'll
0: uh, also be interesting to see what happens if PK Subban doesn't go who they, sure. they who they put in. I'm thinking like a guy like Kevin Shankirk or Dustin Bufflin.
1: Yeah, I thought oh wait, yeah, I thought I I thought I said Shattenkirk was in, but I guess he's not.
0: No, he's not. It's uh it's Suter, it's Subin, and it's uh, Keith. Okay. Those are the three on defense.
1: Right. Um Yeah, I thought Shattenkirk was in, but I guess he's not. No. Um yeah, Shankirk would be a good choice. Um yeah, pretty much no one on Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um all right, let's go to the Pacific Division. Uh on forwards you have Jeff Carter, Johnny Goudreau, Bo Horvat, Ryan Kessler, Connor McDavid, and Joe Pavelski. On defense you have Brent Burns, Drew Dowdy, and Cam Fowler. Um, the three California teams are getting represented there. Um, and then on goalies, you have Martin Jones and Mike Smith. Just a strange choice for Mike Smith as a goalie. Um, but I guess because you could go with like OEL on defense as your Arizona representative. Um, like what about Cam Talbot? Um, instead of Mike, yeah,
0: that that's probably the biggest snub of them all. Cam Talbot. Tied for second, it wins. Faced the most shots. He stopped the most shots. And because of this one representative for team role, he gets burned. One of the best goalies in the NHL burned by Mike Smith.
1: It's not even that the Oilers are even that bad. It's just Cam Talbot should be in. Also, yeah. like I guess like John Gibson maybe. or um, Although I guess he hasn't been pulling up great numbers. But better than Mike Smith. I mean, yeah. Um well, but Mike
0: Smith on a crappy team, he's been he's been their best player. Like Oliver Ackman Larson, he's been all right, but he hasn't been
1: as dominant as he's been in previous. Yeah, I guess years. that's a good point. I mean, I don't and, I don't think the their three skaters aren't they doing there, that great. I mean, but, it's tough to beat them. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's a good point that they're like their skaters aren't doing too well. I guess like for, redeem Verbata is their best player, yeah. um, who has twenty seven points. Um, but um, yeah, I guess. It's not great, but, like, you could make a case for, uh, John Gibson, who's, um, on the leading Anaheim Ducks, Cam Talbot, um, is kind of in a weird mood, which we'll get to in a second, uh, I guess Budai maybe, but probably not, that would be kind of strange too, so, I don't know, it feels weird to have Mike Smith on there, though, instead of either Cam Talbot or John Gibson, um...
0: It yeah, should be noted, by the way, that Ryan Verbata has equal his point total from last year.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess that's kind of good. Um, yeah, so it but shows also kind of shows he was, why it, he, yeah. he's probably not on this list because he was a minus 30 with Vancouver last year. Yeah, I guess that just shows how bad he was in, for Vancouver.
0: Yeah, just just <laughs> it, just inconsistent. Like when he's on his game, he's on his game. But when right. he's not, he's not. But yeah, that's well, true. But uh, speaking of the Canucks, Bo Horvat has earned his spot. He's got three no, points this year. Yeah, the Sedin's on aren't on this list. Yeah, and, and it it, and it doesn't bother me all that much because Bo Horvat has played his weight on this team, as we said with a lot of guys.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think Bo Horvat agree, is there. I'm trying to think of other snubs. I guess like um, Leon Drysital for forwards. Yeah. Um, maybe
0: Dreisaitl. Yeah, maybe.
1: Um, the,
0: the, sh- the guys they have up front, they're, they're
1: no-brainers. True. They're um, I feel like uh, there's a couple of sharks. That, Lugan Couture, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although He's I been guess, off
0: and on this year. I don't know about Couture this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just looking at their stats now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He has 27 but points But Thor- Thornton things.
0: isn't on there. He's only Thornton. got two goals this year.
1: But, yeah, but he's never been a goal guy. He has 24 <laughs> assists, but, yeah.
0: But especially not this year,
1: though. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a good list. Um, but this, uh, so we uh, we just uh, recapped everyone, each team, um, which takes us to our poll of the week question where I ask, who do you think will win the All-Star game? Um, 36% said the Metropolitan, 27% said the Central, uh, 19% said the Pacific, and 18% said the Atlantic. So, uh, the Atlantic is getting no respect, man. <laughs> no respect. <laughs> um, I think first. the... I, I was actually kind of surprised. I thought people were would say the Central would win, because those have usually been the best teams. I would actually say the, uh, the Metropolitan and the Atlantic are probably the best two teams that have the best chance. Um just because it's like the Eastern Conference is the better conference this year. Um, Yeah,
0: and the fact that Crosby's a nominated captain, chosen by the fans, I don't think he's going to miss the festivities out of free will unless he gets hurt. Especially
1: with this top 100 thing.
0: Yeah, Um, so I think it's, you're right, I think it's the Metropolitan's trophy to lose. I think the Pacific will prevail. I think they, they could upset a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I could see that happening with like McDavid and Goudreau. You never really know what's gonna happen. And, and Martin Lester, Jones and
0: Natty's really
1: that- as well, so yeah, you never really know what's gonna happen with those guys. Um, you can never count those guys out. Um I don't know, I would I think it's just it's tough because I feel like Atlantic has, is better on defense. Um but like they, they could yeah. do better on forwards. Um For, you know, defense and goalies. And then um, they have the best of that bunch. But then it's like, our forwards, it's like, are we going to get past those guys? Yeah. By we, I mean the Atlantic Division. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, But, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Um, We'll have to see. Um, I could see an Atlantic upset, though.
0: I'm yeah, not, honestly, any of these teams could yeah. win, and that's that's what makes that's True. what makes it fun. Yeah. But you you look at it on paper, like it's it's tough to compete against the Metro. Yeah. They got lights out goaltending. They got lights out offense on paper. True defense, you know, not the strongest, but I think can get the job done.
1: Yeah. It's just when I look at this poll of the week I'm now like getting riled up about like hey, yeah. how, can you, how can people say count out the Atlantic Division or the Pacific Division? You can't Division?
0: count out Austin Matthews. Yeah. What are you nuts?
1: Yeah, exactly. Brad Marchand, he's having a career year. Yeah. Um so yeah.
0: And and Carlson, that, that that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch. Them playing the same team. Who? Austin Matthews and Eric Carlson. That's gonna be fun to
1: yeah. watch. It's gonna be fun, although it's gonna be strange though because then I'll, I have to read for uh, Carrie Price. Um, but yeah. whatever, it's gonna be the one time I can I can be okay with reading for Carrie Price. Um, all right, let's go uh, with the um, are they for real section. So we have uh, Dallas, the Dallas Stars. Um. They haven't been as good as they were last year, which I guess isn't a, too much of a surprise. Um, they were they're fifth in their division right now, um, with uh, forty four points, but um, so they ju- they're ju- they, but they don't have a wild card spot. Um, there are four out of the wild card spot, um, so. Actually, I'm just looking at it here. The uh, two wildcard spots belong to the Pacific Division, um, Calgary and Los Angeles. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they um, – uh, Jamie Ben was injured for, like, a week. Um, he hasn't been as great, uh, but he came back, I think, a couple of days ago. Uh, it looks like their goalies are finally – are not finally, I guess, are uh, – Co- the The weakness that everyone had on them was how bad their goalies were and defense was, um, and it's coming back to bite them yeah. now. Uh, they're twenty sixth in the league in goals against per game with three goals against, um, but and their goals per game has kind of shot down a bit. Um, they're seventeenth in goals per game with two point seven. So when I, I I was just noticing his. You, I, I expect the stars to drop off a bit I didn't expect them to be this bad so yeah so I asked you um are they for real will they get in the playoffs
0: well this team last year they had a top 10 penalty kill they had yeah. a top four power play and nobody scored more goals than them this year they're 16th in goals four uh their success on the power play has gone from 22.1 percent to 17 percent yep and I should the mention
1: there I forgot to mention their goals differential is minus 16
0: yeah and the Sabres only the Sabres have been worse on the penalty kill front than yeah. the Dallas Stars have been this year so their penalty kills let them down big time yeah uh, this was the Dallas Stars I was expecting to see last year but didn't get right and um, honestly it's not for a lack of effort though they blocked the second most shots in the league this year also been one of the most injury prone in the NHL and that's kind of hurt them Patrick Sharp Uri Hoodler just a few of the names that have had to miss a significant amount of time. Neither individual has been able to find their groove offensively, although Yuri Hoodler is showing signs as of late. Um, but the bottom line is they haven't been able to cash in when it matters. They lead the NHL in missed shots following Saturday's action, uh, even though they're near the bottom when it comes to takeaways. So when, when you... When you don't have too many takeaways and yet you still lead the league and miss shots, it's not like they're not getting any opportunities. They're getting opportunities, they're just not making good. Uh, they also have the third most faceoffs, but they're 17th overall in regards to faceoff percentage. And um, after 40 minutes of hockey this year, they've trailed 16 times. Uh, a year ago, they trailed after two periods 29 times. Um, the good news is they have still have Sagan and Ben at the forefront. And the West is wide open because while they're almost as bad as Vancouver, they're tied with Winnipeg. They're tied with a team like Winnipeg after Saturday's action. And they're just five points back of the St. Louis Blues for third in the Central Division. Um, And prior to that stinker against Minnesota where he gave up three goals on three shots, Anthony Emi was playing relatively well over the past couple of starts. So he has shown some signs of progress, but – Again, that goaltending and defense, it's relatively inconsistent. Yeah. So, with all this talent, they could be a playoff team. But with their lacking defense, they could easily not be. Right. Um, if, you, if you were to ask me today, I think the Dallas Stars have a shot. And it's only because the Western Conference, anything goes right now.
1: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of this has to do with the fact that Jamie Benn hasn't been Jamie Benn for a while. Um, he's been okay. He has 35 points in 40 games. Um, but I feel like that was the big reason why they were so good last year was because Jamie Benn was like on another level. Um, I think Klingberg
0: has, I think Sean Klingberg's also regressed a
1: little. Yeah. Klingberg has regressed even more. So he has 26 points in 42 games. Um, and so I feel like, I feel like Jamie Benn has to like really get going and be on that level that he was last year. Um, Sagan's been amazing, though, so um, that's to be expected. But I feel like if Jamie once Jamie Ben gets going, then I feel like uh, the stars will get you know will be back to could make the playoffs and back to their old form in a sense. However, again, as we talked about, you know, their goaltending and their defense yeah. um, has been their biggest weakness for the past couple of years. So. Um, I don't expect that to change unless they make like a big trade sometime before the deadline. But I don't know if that's even going to happen because I don't think big trades like that happen um, during the season. So um, I don't know. I feel like the stars are actually in trouble now. Um, I don't. I would love to be proven wrong, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, especially in the tough central division. So um, we'll see. Um, And as we're about to talk about with the Pacific division and how they're looking, um, it could be, you know, it could the two wild cards could go to the two Pacific teams instead of two central division teams. Um, so, uh, yeah, so our other team we're talking about is the Calgary Flames. Um, they're, uh, 40, they play, they have, uh, they're fourth in their division right now. They have a wild card spot. Um, they have 49 points. Uh, they have a minus six goal differential. They've kind of been, um, uh, going back and forth with Brian Elliott and Chad Johnson, Neither one has looked great. They've been inconsistent for most of the year. In fact, their entire team has been inconsistent for the entire year. Um, you know, They either go on winning streaks or losing streaks. It's kind of like the definition of uh, losing streak or uh, inconsistency. But uh, their goals per game is 2.5. That puts them 20th in the league. And their goals against is 2.7, which puts them 16th. Um, I think I said their goal differential, which was minus six, um, which isn't, I guess, a great tell. But, um, Steve, are they for real?
0: Well, in half a year, the Flames power play has gone from the bottom five to 12th overall and over 20%. Their penalty kill last year, also dead last. It's now 18th overall, which isn't as bad, just over 80% uh, successful. The craziest part, though, last year they were good at not taking minor penalties, Fact: They had the sixth fewest minor penalties taken last year. This year, they've taken the most minor penalties, yeah. and yet they're doing better than they were last year. Um, and when you're a young team, that means you're going to get caught flat-footed some of the time. And and that theory is proven by the fact the Flames have the fifth most giveaways of any team in the league, but they also have the sixth most takeaways because you know they're young and they're fast. Right. Um, I think the main difference between this year and last year, is the Flames are getting the goaltending they needed two years ago, and they got, and they needed last year, but didn't get. I right. mean, Chad Johnson, you're right, he hasn't been terrific, but he's made the big saves when called upon uh, against the Sharks. He stopped Botker on a penalty shot, and then a shorthanded breakaway uh, the Sharks get with, like, eight seconds left, and he makes a big stop there. So uh, you, look, you look at his numbers over his last four starts, He's given up two goals or less. Season GAA is two point two five. Uh, if you look back at last year's numbers, none of the Flames goalies had a season GAA below two point five zero, and Johnson has a GAA of two point two five. Yep. So that's impressive. Um, but I think their ability to fight back from early deficits has been huge as well.
1: Having uh, said that, having said that about Chad Johnson, uh, Brian Elliot hasn't been he hasn't been as good as Chad Johnson is, but he still hasn't been terrible. Either yeah, lately. he's starting
0: to play better, too. Yeah. He played against Edmonton, made some key saves on Saturday.
1: Exactly. He only let up one, and I think he just lost in the shootout. So, Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: But Sorry, getting back on. to the Flames' deficits, uh, they only came back to win six times after they fell behind in the first 20. They've been able to come back after falling behind in the first 20 minutes seven times this year. And they still have, give or take, 35 games left to play. Uh, last year, they only they won 18 games when out, the opponent, opponent. out shooting their opponent. This uh, year, they've won 13 games when out shooting their opponent. So they're doing most of the little things better this year, and it's paying off so far. Once again, the Western Conference is up for grabs, and they could easily find themselves in the playoff spot. Uh, their offense certainly has what it takes. They have Monahan, yeah. they have Johnny Hockey, they have Matthew Kachuk, who's emerged as a pretty good player. Michael Backlund.
1: Year. Yeah, Michael Backlund, uh, Dougie Hamilton. Yep.
0: Sorry, Bruins fans. He's he's starting to play good. Yeah, unfortunately. um, I I think if they continue to take penalties, though, maybe that success is going to become a distant memory. But uh, I think the next month is going to be key as to what this team is going to become. They are going up against teams like Nashville, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, all that before the All-Star break. They come back, they get Minnesota, they get the Rangers, and they get the Penguins. And while they're only three points back of San Jose in their division, this team has also played a significant amount more games than the Sharks have. So these seven games could become very critical when it's all said and done. So yeah. um, I think Calgary is capable of being a playoff team, but I'm not so
1: sure they are just yet. Yeah, I think I think you're right. That's a good assessment of them. I think they're good enough to be a playoff team. I don't know if they'll go far. So yeah. For now, I think they're like a wild card – they're just a wild card team, but yeah. I don't know um, if they can like beat teams like San Jose or Anaheim or Edmonton. Um, yeah.
0: Especially if it's yeah. in Anaheim. Good luck there. They haven't exactly. had any success in Anaheim.
1: Yeah. Um, well, they'll probably have to play them though. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the rapid fire. Uh, so there's a couple of uh, milestones uh, this year, uh, this week. Uh, the main one. Which is what we're going to talk about is uh, Alex Ovechkin got his a thousandth point. Um, I think it was on th- was it Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday against Pittsburgh against no, Pittsburgh against Crosby, uh, no less. So
0: thirty five seconds in,
1: yep, yeah, thirty five seconds in, he had another goal later in the game too. Um, this isn't a surprise really that Ovechkin gets his a thousandth point. Um, he's already a Hall of Famer. He just you know, it's more like, well, when is he gonna get his Stanley Cup kind of thing? Yeah. Um,
0: exactly. So
1: uh
0: and maybe a gold medal,
1: hopefully. Yeah, maybe maybe a gold medal for him, but um I wouldn't even like expect that too much. Um but yeah, uh Avechkin uh, got us a thousand points, so uh kudos to him. He's probably the most exciting player we've seen. Yeah. In a long, long time. Even more exciting than Crosby is, um, just cause he, he has, like, whenever he's on the ice, you, he has a chance to, like, you just know he's gonna score a goal. Yeah. I kind of um, there's nothing, like, a goalie can do. Um, and he has that little, like, spot in the, Yeah, uh, he's got that trademark
0: spot right in the right. slot. He just,
1: one-timer feedback right, in the Right, right in that face-off circle there. Yeah. Um... Another person who got a um, a milestone is uh, John Tavares. Uh, He had his 500th point um, the other day. I think it was on Saturday. It might have been on Friday. It was
0: Friday against uh, Florida, I believe, and he got uh, a hat-trick in that game, and his second goal of the game was his 500th career point.
1: Yeah, he got 500 points. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that he hadn't gone this earlier, because I thought he did, but, um, no, Goat. I'm
0: surprised he's got 500 points already. I can't believe it's been that long since he entered the league. Well,
1: actually, how many seasons has he been in? Let me look. Hold on. How I stall. Let's stall <laughs> a little longer. Yeah. Um, one, two, three, four. He's been in the league seven years. Wow. Um, yeah, five hundred. Yeah, I guess I, I can see that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's uh, he's finally heating up too. I think he had like he had like two goals last night on on Saturday. Yeah, against the Hurricanes, yeah, he got two. Um, goals, so he's
0: got five in his last two. Yeah. He had a
1: hat trick on Friday, so he has yeah. five goals in two games. Um, he's he's getting hot. Uh, don't let him get hot, kind of thing. But um,
0: I think Tavares is the more. Uh, and again, this is going to be the biggest knock on Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Tavares has done more with less Ovechkin. has got backstrom and, 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 other talented guys on his side. I think Tavares has been able to do more with less. And I think his 500 NHL point while Ovechkin, you know, not taking away anything that he's done, right. but Tavares to get 500 points and, and to really just take control of that team. It's, it's been something, uh, extraordinary to watch. And, um, I think that's all, I think that's all they need right now, is, you know, they're they're going to be, Bovechkin has already reached 1,000 points, Tavares is going to hit 1,000 points as well, I think eventually he could be a Hall of Fame talent in this league, uh, he's certainly got the potential to be a Hall of Fame talent in this league, yeah. they just need hardware, that's all they need right True.
1: now. Yeah, I, I don't know about necessarily that, I yeah, I agree with you, currently the Islanders don't have as many targets as capitals and even throughout the past like five years that's true too but like early on before backstrom was drafted Ovechkin was pretty much the only player on Washington worth any salt so it's not like he's he has been with um he's had like struggles either with teams like that so um but yeah I, I do i I do agree with you that Washington has been better than Island, the Islanders have.
0: Yeah, um, and, and, and over the years, they've, yeah. they've they've had a lot better teams than the Islanders, too. And you, and you look at the guys that Tavares has, has played with and how they benefited from being on the same line as him. I yeah. mean, you look at Matt Molson over the last couple of years, he's not nearly been the or dominant Fons player Nielsen that we saw in his earlier years with,
1: with the Islanders yeah.
0: or P.A. Parento. And why? Because they played on the same team as John Tavares. Yeah,
1: that's true. Like, yeah... I I have a feeling like this is what McDavid's going to be in a couple of years where like all yeah. these players are like going to benefit from McDavid. And then once they go to another team, um, they aren't as good. Maroon um,
0: leads the Oilers in goals for crying out loud yeah. this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot. That? That's because of. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder, um, yeah, all right, let's go to another topic. But, yeah, no, that, that is a good point, though. Yeah. Um. All right, uh, according to Bob McKenzie, uh, Yizerman or Tampa, is willing to trade, quote-unquote, anybody to help Tampa Bay on defense. Not um, named
0: Jonathan Druin. Right,
1: not named Jonathan Druin, um, which is kind of surprising considering last year, that whole saga with Jonathan Druin. Yeah. but uh it looks like uh Tampa might make a big deal on trade deadline um just to get a defenseman um I guess like anton Stralman hasn't been as good as he was last year um there's like there's rumors that the the lightning are going for Kevin Shannonkirk um or According to SB
0: nation an yeah, article that they wrote SB or nation Dougie Hamilton. Shattenkirk, Uh eh, Hamilton, no, he's Probably got long term in yeah. Calgary. He's playing well. No way they trade him after. But
1: that, that was another name that they that this article tossed up was. Doug yeah, I two. think Shattenkirk's more likely because he's a pending UFA. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he's
0: and been on that another three years.
1: And then another former Bruin, Johnny Boychuk, is another one they're considering. I
0: think, I think the long term contract is going to be a, a burden. They yeah. also suggest guys like Hickey. And Hamnock, who wouldn't cost as much, and, and I can see that happening. The other thing to note if Tampa makes this trade is there's this thing called the upcoming expansion draft. Right. If they get Kevin Shattenkirk and they sign him to a contract extension, they they are probably gonna protect him and Victor Hedman, not just Victor Hedman. Because a team like Las Vegas would be wise to take a chance on right. a guy like Shattenkirk. And so that means if they protect two defensemen that limits the uh, one. That's one less forward that you can protect. Yeah. So who is that forward going to be, and do you risk losing him to Las Vegas? That's another thing to
1: keep in mind. Well, I'd assume. Well, then you also have to think about the fact that they can only protect Bishop or Vasilevsky. Exactly. Um, so those guys are going to be unprotected as well. Um, so yeah, Las Vegas has some good options if it's either Bishop or Vasilevsky or one of their forwards. Um, how many is it again? Is it like, how many people do they protect again? I'm trying to do them. I
0: can't even remember the fort. we did this earlier in,
1: did the this year, a couple in the year, of, right?
0: like three, four, five months ago, I but I, I can't remember exactly what, what the layout was. I know
1: but- we're going to take some time here, but. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna go on. While you're while you're, while you're looking that up, um, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna point out the fact that if the Kevin
0: Shattenkirk trade is gonna happen, they're not just gonna give Kevin Shattenkirk to Tampa Bay. They're gonna want something back. And the article on SB Nation suggested that Filppula could be someone that they could trade, He's hogging up cap space, a year left on his deal. Bolts would be wise to move him, but again, St. Louis is not mental. They're not just gonna take Filppula. They're probably gonna want more, or something more. Right. So I think a guy like Andre Palat might be expendable in that case. Okay.
1: So it's uh, uh so if they go the uh it's eight skaters and one goalie or seven forwards, three Ds, and one goalie.
0: That's what I thought it was seven but, forwards,
1: one goalie. Uh, but Stamkos, Callahan, Filipula, and Hedman all have no movement clauses. Um, which is probably why they want to trade Filipula. Um. So that they don't have a no-movement clause. So then they can protect Kucherov, who doesn't have a no-movement clause, Palat, Tyler Johnson, and Duran.
0: Should um. be noted that Pilat and Druin, I believe, this year are pending RFAs. I know for okay. sure Palat. I think Druin is also pending. Yeah,
1: yeah I think you're right about that, too. So yeah. they could do it, but they but that's probably why they want to trade Filipula because they have a no-movement clause. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone wants Callahan really. So <laughs> no, I, I think those. I think, and yeah.
0: again, this is all just you know suggestions. This is all speculation. You know, it's just you know spitballing ideas. You know, who they could get for mm-hmm. player A or player B kind of thing. But it's a it's a good discussion to have. Honestly, I think Tampa. The the fact they've had to deal with so many injuries, the Stamkos injuries, really hurt them. Yeah, the fact that. Uh, the Eastern Conference has been as good as it's been, which I don't think any of us expected it to be this good. And Carolina has right. just been on an absolute tear right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I honestly wouldn't break the bank trying to go after a key defenseman. Honestly, I, I just don't think the timing is right. Yeah, Unless I agree they, with they that. I don't. Go all in this year, I don't think the timing is right.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, it depends on how serious Bishop and Stamkos' injuries are. But yeah, I don't know if it's... Well,
0: Bishop is actually back in the okay. Tampa Bay lineup, fortunately, right? But then even then, he even needs then you know, he's got he's a pending UFA, and you might lose him for nothing. So.
1: yeah, I think Tampa is like low key could get it, could get in if like the Bruins or the Sens or the Maple Leafs struggle, which is very possible. So um, I, I think they there's there's still a shot for them in the playoffs. It's just. Um, not as good as they were last year. Um, three, uh, the uh, so for the All Star game, um, there was a report that well they're going to do this top 100 list for the 100th year uh, centennial year for the NHL, um, but it's not going to be list. It's not going to be ranked. Uh, but apparently, there's a report that six of the players in the All Star game. Are going to be in the uh, this list, um, so um, so guys like Chara, Thornton, Yager, the Sedin's, Lundqvist, and Luongo. They'll probably they could they probably would be on this list, um, but they might not, they just wouldn't count towards these six. Um, so, but still, it is interesting now considering. I think we both are in agreement that Crosby, Ovechkin, Taze, and Kane are automatic locks, um, for this list. Um, so who would be the other two, um, if that's the case? Um, I don't know. I would guess, like, um, it's kind of tough, because you can't say Yager or Thornton, because they're not going to be in the game. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know. I Maybe carry Price, but that seems kind of weird to do. I feel like he's too young for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts?
0: Well, I'm, I'm just talking about the, the, the first four that you mentioned just briefly. Yeah. I mean, Ovechkin, it, there aren't too many... Guys that we're going to see in this league that has a legitimate shot of Maybe scoring Malcolm. 700 career NHL goals. In fact, I think this might be the final guy to do it. Yeah, um, and he's got 546 and counting. So it's a matter of if, not when, if he achieves that milestone, right. he's able to continue his 30 to 40 goal average. Um, Crosby's got the hardware. He's done everything: two Olympic gold, two Stanley Cups, Conn Smythe, World Junior gold, uh, World Hockey Championship. He's won gold there. Yeah. And he's done all that before his scoring his 1,000th career NHL yeah. point, which is even more impressive. Yes, he, he has
1: 30 more points to do that. Yeah, 30 That's, more points to go.
0: So yeah. I I would even say he's a top 10 player yeah. of all time.
1: But they're not ranking it on that. They're just it's just no, they're 100 not. players here. I'd right. say I now that I'm looking back on this list, I'd say they're probably Malkin's probably going to be on there and. Probably Duncan Keith.
0: Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, Taves and Kane, like, they've won three cup titles to their credit. So has Keith. Like, like, like (laughs) Taves has been that leader. Like, like the one thing about NHL is you love guys that can do extraordinary things, like Patrick Kane. He's been able to grow the American hockey brand uh, significantly since his time in Chicago. And they also like modern-day dynasties, and that's as Rip. close to a modern-day dynasties you're going to get the one they have in Chicago, and Taves has been a big part of yeah. that, so you definitely want to include him. The other two, in my opinion, I think Eric Carlson's done enough to put himself on this list, mm-hmm. here's, here's why. Do you know that zero defensemen in the NHL, zero defensemen in the NHL, have led their team in scoring for four straight seasons since Denny Podman? If Eric leads his sense in scoring by the end of the season, that's going to change. And there's also this interesting quote that former NHL goalie Ken Dryden said about Bobby Orr, quote, when he began to move, all the Canadians began backpedaling in a small panic. He brought others with him. He wanted them involved. That's what made him different. It felt like a five-player stampede moving towards you at his pace. He pushed his teammates because you're playing with the best player in the league. And he's giving you the puck, and you just can't mess it up. You had to be better than you've ever been. Eric Carlson's game-changing speed kind of gives you a similar feeling. You mm. need to keep up with him. You need to be at his pace. You need to be at his level. He's evolved the game for today's NHL defenseman. And that was the same case for Bobby when he was playing in the NHL. Like Bobby Orr, yeah. registered over 100 points for six straight seasons. And I don't think Eric Carlson's going to do that in this league. But his game-changing speed makes him fun to watch on the ice and that's why I think he should be on this list. I
1: I hear you. I think it's it's tough to say like let's say if, if you put in Taves and Kane because of their pedigree of, you know, winning, cha- you know, getting three cups, you got to have to put in Duncan Keith as well cuz he also has three cups and he yeah. was a big part of that those three teams. Um that's- and then for Malkin, he's kind of on the same with uh, Ovechkin and Crosby in the sense that he's been there at the same around time, and he's um, he has 800 points, um, which is still impressive. It's not a thousand points like Ovechkin has or uh, what Crosby has, but you know he's he's been uh, pretty good too. So I think that's why they're going to go with those teams. But I I could see Eric Carlson, I guess. Other another option would be Shea Weber, as well. Um, he's been uh, pretty good for he was good for the <laughs> Nashville Predators back in the day, and he's you know um, he just needs to wait on the hardware for them. He's he's always a scary guy to face face against. So, well, he's also
0: got two Olympic gold medals too, Olympic so he's got medals, that yeah. kind of hardware. But yeah, Stanley he, cup, the,
1: yeah, but he, he doesn't like, have a Stanley no, Cup. It's what I mean. Yeah. Um, um, I
0: think Carey Price might get a spot on this list simply because he's playing about as dominant as Patrick yeah. Watt did it's in just, his early years with, the thing, with Montreal, and he's he's done yeah. more with less on defense. So. The
1: thing, the thing with like those, like Carey Price and Carlson and Malkin, even no, no, maybe not Malkin, but. Uh, for those two guys is that it's just they haven't been in the league as long yeah, as Yeah no.
0: their legacy is still up yeah. for debate
1: like you, we exactly.
0: wonder if they've accomplished enough to be on the top 100 and right. and that's that's probably going
1: to be the knock on Carlson. That, that's I'm just like more like, right. like, it's, like it's just what they've done
0: so far. Yeah. I think that 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 they they're they're worthy right. certainly of discussion. Cuz then
1: otherwise then we would put like in Connor McDavid, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, Patrick Liney, Austin Matthews. They yeah, they're they're, they're, like, they're,
1: they're, they're, they're the best players win. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, I, I can see
1: that argument though. Totally. Yeah, I can't. But
0: um, um,
1: but I, yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't I be think, like I
0: think Price and Carlson certainly yeah. belong in the discussion.
1: That's. But I mean, um, they're, they're either they're way, saying. like a list without Yager, Thornton, I can yeah. see one without Chara is not really um a list that's good enough. Um. Mm-hmm. Although I have a feeling that there's going to be some like there's de- there's definitely going to be some snubs in these cuz there's going to be like some oh, yeah. old time player that no one saw but is not going to be on this list or something like that. So um It'll
0: be interesting <laughs> to see if one of the Sedin gets in and yeah, the other, and the other, other left one doesn't off. get in.
1: Yeah. Um but uh yeah, it'll be interesting, I'm sure. Um but there's nothing that hockey people love more than debates like this. Oh, yeah. So this <laughs> Or is-
0: sports fans <laughs> in general.
1: Yeah, yeah, or sports fans in general, that's true. Um, so kind of a minor trade here. Um, there's nothing that hockey loves more than minor trades. Um, <laughs> the Leafs traded Jonath Enroth to the uh, Anaheim Ducks for a 2018 7-round pick. I felt this was kind of a strange move, but... Um, they picked. They picked up uh, McElhaney, uh from waivers, who uh, was formerly on Columbus Blue Jackets, and he got a win last night uh, against your Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the Avalanche traded Cody McLeod for a prospect Felix Girard to the uh, Nashville Predators, and McLeod got into a fight because against his former team. What's your alma? Against Jerome Gagnon, and he scored a goal too. So yeah. it was um it must have been odd for fans when like that fight happened because you're like you might be you might still have some feelings for McLeod, and you're like, go again, uh, I guess.
0: <laughs> I think you um, probably let up on him too. Uh, getting back to the Enroth yeah. thing. Uh, Dustin Tokarski, and Mac Hackett, in the NHL, both are injured, so they needed an NH- AHL goalie. So that's why I guess, in a yep. sense, this move made sense for Anaheim, um, and it made sense for the Leafs because they were rotating Jonas Enroth and Antoine Bebo from the AHL to the NHL for the better part of the last two to three weeks. They needed um, a key addition, and uh, honestly, the Blue Jackets placing goalie uh, a goalie like Curtis McElhane on waivers, like he didn't have terrible numbers, right. like. His season numbers 3-1-2, 2.34 GAA, nine twenty eight save percentage. Uh, his final game with the Jackets was a 5-4 loss to the Rangers in which they blew a 4-2 lead in the third period. So, honestly, putting him on waivers, I think that had more so to do with the fact they had two goalies in the AHL in Anton Forsberg and Joris Skorpisal that are more than capable of backing up Sergei Bobrovsky. They were buying them some time, yeah. and I guess they thought, hey, one of them's ready, let's bring him up put McElhinney on waivers, done.
1: Yeah. So I, just, I think
0: McElhaney was just buying them some time. I think this is a more stable move to back up Freddie Anderson for the Leafs. Uh, yeah. McElhaney can get you some wins here and there. Uh, the interesting thing about Curtis McElhinney, though, and I didn't realize this until I saw it in a tweet from Matt Cain, spelled C-A-N-E, on Twitter. Uh, apparently, since 2007-2008, He's owned the worst, one of the worst five-on-five save percentages of NHL goalies since 2007-2008. So maybe, not a good
1: so maybe yeah. he's, he's not a good backup.
0: Maybe he's just on a roll right now.
1: Yeah, or maybe that. Um, it is interesting, though, for, like, they trade Enroth for a 2018-7th round. It's such yeah. an arbitrary pick. Um, but and It's not conditional.
0: Uh, they're, they're getting that pick.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they did it for that. Um, all right, uh, Haley and McLeod is the Predators. I guess it's not like a big deal, but he did get a goal so against his former yeah. teams. So I, it's,
0: it's, I think it's more noteworthy that this is probably going to be one of many trades that Colorado makes throughout the year, especially probably. with the
1: trade. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, Haley Wickenheiser, uh, a Canadian legend, uh, retired. Um, so sad news for that, but um, I think you have – you have something on that, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, four straight gold at the Olympics. 18 goals and 51 points in 26 Olympic games. That's stellar. Uh, in one Olympics 2006, she tallied 17 points in just five games. Uh, and She was a part of probably the biggest, most dynamic uh, women's hockey team in Olympic history. The Canadians, in their first three games of the 2006 Olympics, guess how much they outscored their opposition by?
1: 50.
0: Thirty-six to one.
1: Oh, all right. <laughs> I guess that's
0: and then so impressive. The semis against Finland. They beat them six nothing. They beat Sweden four-one to win gold. So they in the medal rounds they outscored their opponents ten to one. Yeah. Uh, so again, the most dominant performance by a single team in women's hockey history. She was a big part of that. She also won gold at seven world championships, and she got uh, six silver medals uh, in that tournament. Uh, she also. Um, in her first Olympics, she won a silver medal in 1998 in Nagano. Um, when she began her career, though, this is the important thing about Haley Wickenheiser. When she began her career, roughly 16,000 Canadian women were playing hockey. Today, that number has risen to 87,000. Okay. And she's also done something that very few women had done before, and that's playing a men's league. And in three seasons oh, really? overseas, she, combined se- she compiled seven points in 43 games, scoring two goals, um, and in 11 postseason games, she also got seven points. So she's set the bar to new heights for women's hockey in Canada. She's yeah. inspired the next generation of Canadian talents like Marie-Philippe Poulain, who will probably continue to inspire other uh, Canadian female yeah. uh, athletes who play the sport. And overall, Canadian women's hockey has been better because of, Whaley, uh, because of Haley Wickenheiser. And when the great one calls you... Um, the female version of Bobby Orr, um, there's nothing left for Haley Wickenheiser to accomplish. And it's just a fantastic career. Um, I think she'll still be involved in hockey in various other capacities, but professionally speaking, she doesn't have anything left to accomplish. She's the greatest player in Canadian women's hockey history. Yeah, I was about
1: to ask if she is the greatest player in Canadian women's yeah, hockey history.
0: hands down. Hands down. Uh, yeah, I guess
1: the, I'm trying to think of like another Canadian hockey women's player. I guess you can't really say There have that. been
0: some good ones, but yeah. I think all time, she, she's the best.
1: It's kind of a shame, though, that, like, women's hockey isn't as big as it should be. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. even in Canada, it doesn't seem that big, but, um, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, uh, Alright, let's get to Bruins and Sens, but yeah, uh, I didn't really get a chance to see her play, but I did... Um, I didn't know that she was a good player uh, for Canada, so um, I figured I should let you shout, him out, shout her out, um, and I'll, uh, I'll just uh, quietly uh, be in the corner. Um, I guess I'll you started last week for the Senators, yeah. um, so I'll start this week for the Bruins. Um, we had three games this week, uh, two Central Division players, We uh, so I was actually anticipating us to get blown out by St. Louis, just considering how we've uh, we just can't score, and I knew this this just our team isn't fit to play that that kind of you know Blues team. Um, it was the return of David Backus, um, in St. Louis. It was a nice uh, tribute to him on the teleprompter there, so that was good for them. Uh, but we did win five three. Um, which was nice. Um, Frank Petrano has been pretty good. He had two, uh, one goal and two assist, and one assist. Um, in that game. Uh, and uh, Tory Crew got his second goal that game. Um, which which we'll get to in a second. Um, also,
0: Pasternak got
1: three helpers. Yeah, Pasternak got three helpers. He still hasn't. He's still goalless. But he's been—he's uh, still got on the score sheet.
0: Yeah, still contributing. That's uh, still contributing, that's good. which
1: is important. But um, I am a little sad about that because he, you know, I I want to see these goals. But I mean, at least he's on the board with these. Uh, Marshawn's been pretty good too, so um, that's there. Then uh, we played the uh, Nashville Predators. We lost this game. Um, UC Saros is actually pretty good. Um, yeah we put up 36 shots on him and he only, he stopped 35 of them. So, um, uh, that was impressive. Um, it was one of those games where, um, where like, I felt like we should have won, but it's just, we ran into a hot goaltender. Um, they have a good one in that. Na- like Nashville just lucky in goaltenders. You see Saros is, um, like, might be like the goalie of the future for them. Yeah. Um, but uh, Tory Crew got his third goal in this game, uh, the lone goal for Boston in this game. Um, there wasn't too much eventful for it other than we got 36 shots. Um, but uh, I felt like we should have won that game. Um, you
0: also got a scare when Tuka Rask oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. started my fantasy team, but fortunately, he's <laughs> okay, so yeah.
1: I forgot about that. Yeah, Tugaras Rask got uh, injured He had like a puck to like the unprotected part of his face. Um, he
0: doesn't wear a goalie protector either. Yeah. That's
1: no- um. So he only stopped three shots in that game. Zane McIntyre actually played pretty well. Um. For the rest of the time, but uh, he did give up two goals on for uh sixteen shots. So, um, not great either. But it wasn't terrible considering what happened. Um, but then, um, Tuca Rask actually came back the next uh, next game and played uh, Philadelphia um, on Saturday. Uh, we won 6-3. Krug got his third goal in a row, um, which is amazing. Marshawn had uh, two goals, three assists, five, five points. Pasternak had two assists. Um, so he's been good. Uh, like, uh, I think like, uh, there was one, um, I forget the, uh, like one of the, uh, columnists here was saying that all the core guys need to score. Um, this was before the game, like, cause we, we've been having trouble scoring. So I'll give you a list of all the guys, the guys who scored. Um, and they're all part of the Bruins core. Krejci, Krug, Bergeron, Chara, and Marshawn, um, and uh, all of the guy goals in this game, and those are all pretty big... Those are all guys that need to step up um, if the Bruins want to make the playoffs, which I think they do. Um, so that puts us, uh, the Bruins, with uh, second in the division with 51 points, um, but we're still 5... It's still nerve-wracking, because we're five games in hand uh, from Toronto and Ottawa, who have 48 points, so I have a feeling that once Toronto and Ottawa catches up to us in games played, we'll be down to the wild-card position right now, but um, for now, it's like, hey, we have, um, we just have to hope that Toronto and Ottawa somehow lose uh, games, Um, so I know... Um, but I don't know if that will happen. So it's, uh, it's, it's one of those years, I guess. Um, yeah. And then, um, in the future, let's see here. Look, we play the Islanders in a matinee on MLK day. Um, so Monday, um, that's
0: Martin Luther King day, by the way, for all those who have. Uh, don't grasp acronyms. I thought I thought
1: I, I thought everyone knew that, but I guess not. Well,
0: yeah, maybe Americans, yeah. <laughs> All
1: right, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Monday afternoon game no less, yeah.
1: Yep. No down. uh then we play uh Wednesday at Detroit. Uh it should
0: be noteworthy that the Red Wings scored 6 on the Pittsburgh Penguins, so they they can be a streaky team. Yeah, they
1: team, could be streaky. So Friday we play at uh our we're at home uh, versus Chicago. That'll be tough. That'll be tough. Um, and then on Sunday, although we're going to be recording on Saturday, um, but uh, on Sunday we play at Pittsburgh. So those are two tough teams. But yep. we should be able to beat the Islanders in Detroit. But I don't know, given these. If you look at our schedule, there are teams that we should beat, but we didn't. So um, the. It feels like every game's winnable, but um, I don't know if it's going to happen. And I don't know, for Chicago and Pittsburgh, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Um, We'll see. I think that's going to be like a test to see if what we're really made of against those two teams. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, You go with Ottawa. The Sanders.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, this team had at least three to four days to prepare for a Penguins team that fortunately played the night before and got exposed by a washington capitals team they lost five to two that game and ottawa took full advantage thankfully they went two for five with the extra man mike condon made some brilliant saves to keep pittsburgh's offense at bay um perhaps the bigger storyline was bobby ryan getting on the board scored his eighth of the year his first of 2017 and his first goal since december 20th so good on bobby ryan um in the game against Toronto, the Leafs took full advantage of their opportunities, but the Sens won lost statistical categories in that 4-2 to loss. They outshot Toronto 37-27. to They won 60% of their face-offs. They had a 77-54 edge as far as shot attempts go, and they outhit them 38-30. But they ran into a hot goalie in Curtis McElhinney. He made some huge timely saves, and unfortunately that was the difference. But let's be fair here. This Leafs team is damn good. Like, they were coming off their bye week. They had very little practice time before Friday's match against the New York Rangers. They got on the blue shirts early, and they won that game. Uh, And then 24 hours later, they go to Ottawa, provincial rivalry. They get another two points in that game. And in that game, as I mentioned, against Ottawa, they didn't have Freddie Anderson, who played the night before. And Austin Matthews didn't score four goals in two periods yet. They found a way to win. And with that win, they moved into a tie with Ottawa for third place in the Atlantic Division. So again, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're probably scaring a lot of people. Um, And while the Leafs played good to win, Ottawa needed this win. Because on Tuesday, they're in St. Louis. uh, And then on Thursday, they visit a suddenly struggling Blue Jackets team. That still scare me. And then they visit Toronto Saturday before heading back home to Columbus for their second head-to-head matchup in less than seven days. And then later, a few days after that home game with Columbus, they face Washington for the third and final time this year and the third and final time this month. So these are four and probably five major must-win battles for Ottawa. And I think Eric Carlson uh, needs to step up his game just a little bit because last year he had 248 shots on goal First 40, four, In his first 41 games this year, he has 98 shots on goal, and he hasn't scored in his last 14 games. Um, we're talking about a guy who's previously scored 20 or more goals in back-to-back years, and he's only got seven goals this year. And, and 35 points, that's pretty good. Only 14 of them have been power play points, and this is a guy who's been able to do a lot more uh, with the extra man, and this is a Senators team that really has struggled in the power play department for most of this year. And that power play revolves around Eric Carlson. So I think as Eric Carlson goes, so do the Ottawa Senators, and they need him rolling on all cylinders if they if they want to beat uh, a good chunk of the teams they're going up against. And this is probably going to be their toughest week they've had to go up against uh, as 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 far as their NHL schedule for this year goes, I think this is probably their toughest week. This is probably going to be a, a season-defining moment, and um, I've said that a lot, but I think <laughs> you do. I think it goes without saying this week is huge, for <laughs> Um
1: All right. So before you go on about the sixty-sevens, um, we should do social media. So then, yeah. so then, people who don't care can just stop listening. Um, yeah. And whatnot. Um, so, uh, social media: uh, go on our Twitter at Laysome Podcast uh, or Facebook at Laysome Up. Um, you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes at Laysome Up. Um, there, just search on the iTunes bar. I'm actually get started to think about that. I'm going to post the iTunes link instead of the SoundCloud link, um, so people can. So people are more likely to subscribe on iTunes instead of going on SoundCloud and listening. But yeah. uh, you can also go on SoundCloud if you're into that. Uh, SoundCloud uh, is just a lace up. Um and you can also email us at laceupbag at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, whatever. Um recommendations for recommendations, ships yeah. Signals. um and just yeah, don't forget to uh, Uh, Don't forget to uh, subscribe or follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. um, And uh, leave a review um, and whatnot. All right. Go to your 67s and everyone else who doesn't care about um, OHL stuff uh, can stop this podcast right now.
0: Okay. All right. OHL stuff. Uh, There's another team um in ottawa called the ottawa 67s they're part of the ontario hockey league it's a 20 team league they're similar to last year's ottawa senators in the sense they can score but they have very 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 difficult uh it, trouble uh, dif-
1: uh, that's not difficult. proper grammar
0: i'm sorry they <laughs> their inability to keep the puck out of the net has cost them dearly that's better um so is their inability to hang on to third period leads they have had a lot of trouble on multiple occasions. They've had a solid third period lead. Sometimes there was one time they were playing Peterborough. They had a five, three lead in the third and they lost seven to five. So again, this, this team has should be winning a lot more games than they're losing. They've scored 143 goals in 43 games. That's ninth best in this league of 20 teams, but 166 goals against third most in the OHL. That stat becomes even more problematic when you consider the fact they've averaged the fifth fewest penalty minutes in the OHL, and yet their penalty kill when tested is ranked 12th. Um, Their troubles at home are also concerning. They've only won six of their 18 home games, putting them in a tie with Mississauga and North Bay for fewest in the league. Last year, they went 18-15-1 at TD Place. The year before that, they went 25-6-3. Here's why I think this team can turn things around in the short term and the long term. Well let's start with the long term. Um, they traded Dante Salaturo's rights to the London Knights. Last year this guy was Ottawa's best player. This year he's played in the ECHL and he's also an overager. That means he's ineligible to play beyond this year in the OHL. So the fact he hasn't played a game for the 67s this year, they're not really gonna lose anything by trading his rights. Uh, Drake Rimshaw also a former London Knight. Uh, he requested a trade. He's gone elsewhere. Both those guys, if available, can contribute in this league. So Ottawa gets a decent return in both cases. Uh, in the Salterio deal, they also got veteran help on defense in the form of Chris Martinet. And that's not to say Ottawa's bad on defense. They've got a lot of um, promising guys. They got uh, Carter Robertson. Uh, they got Carter Robertson. They got Noel Hoffenmeyer. Both have been playing pretty good. But again, they're young and inexperienced, so some veteran help I think could go a long way. Um, they're um, Off the top of my head, they also have at least six second-round picks over the next six years. It might be eight uh, second-round picks. They've got a decent amount. So they can use those second-round picks for, A, future trades to make them better now, or they can draft players that they think will help this team in the long term. So draft picks are a good thing for them. Uh, In the short term, they still have Artur Tanulin, a Russian who is a top-ten scorer in the OHL this year. Also, I believe, is draft-eligible in the upcoming NHL draft. Also draft-eligible this year is Austin Keating and uh, Sasha Chemilevsky, who, although he's been hurt when he's been playing, he's been playing very good. Um, Ty Feliber acquired him uh, in a trade with Saginaw earlier in the year. He's also been pretty good. He's got 15 goals for them. That's solid and um from a goaltending standpoint either leo lazarev and olivier lafreniere can get hot and steal a few games for this team so if they play like a team this team controls their own destiny and the fact they play in the eastern conference is one of the main reasons why because about a month ago the mississauga steelheads were mia from the playoff picture in a 10-team conference eight of those 10 teams make the playoffs since then They've gone 7-1-2 and in their past 10, and because the first two seeds go to the division leaders, and their division is terrible, they're second in the Eastern Conference. About a month ago, they were out of a playoff spot. So this entire section of the OHL is up for grabs because, of course, the Western Conference is kicking pot and can't lose. So if the 67s get a lengthy winning streak, or even... Lengthy winning, a couple of lengthy winning streaks going. I think they can turn it around, but they need to start playing like a team. Anyways, thus ended the lesson. I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: <laughs> I'm Brett Dewell. I Actually, just found one thing before we go. Uh, yeah. It says here that Shane Doan is willing to waive his no-trade clause to be dealt to a contender. Ooh. So, so that's something to thickens. look. For. Yeah, that's something to look for for the trade deadline. Yeah, Um, and
0: uh, you never know, it could be also something to look forward to in episode 61, which will be recorded next Saturday. (laughs) I'm
1: Brett Duboff. He's Steve Ellsworth. All right. (laughs)